Red 5, standing by. Red 7, standing by. I mean, Red Leader, standing by. <laughs> Simply Red, standing by. <laughs> and I- Everybody loves you, son. That's about as funky as you can be. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken over your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. It's a 10 My from name, the Russian judge. Thank you. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good evening. Mr. Nathan Harrison. Hello, hello. Mr. Adam Buncher. I realize that you guys have <laughs> phrases that you yeah, say every week. I just settled into it. Yeah. yeah, you guys have, and I haven't, because I always say something different. You're the wild card. No one can predict you. Uh, yeah. Wild I, card, bitches. Yeah, should I keep it that way, or should I find something to say? That would be even more wild card <laughs> to not stick to yeah. being a wild card. Yeah. So if, spontaneous. If anyone wants you, you'll be in your room. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> kind of a catchphrase <laughs> is that? <laughs> we're halfway, and it's a really exciting feeling. So mm. uh, we're going to power through. We're not going to waste a second more of time we're gonna get loud we're gonna get hairy we're gonna get real fucking jamming at number 50 it's tumbleweed with daddy longway was Tumbleweed at number 50 with Daddy Long Legs. Wool and gunk. Wool and gunk. Wool and gunk. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, we are in Sydney now, but there is a deep running Wollongong connection running throughout this here podcast. Mm. So let's throw it to our Coromel expat. Indeed, thank you. <laughs> That's the closest to Tarawana. It is closest to Tarawana. <laughs> Which is where Tumbleweed are from, to Indeed. people who aren't in the know. Yes. I'm only passingly familiar with them. I have seen them live before. They're always seen them at the chicken show. shop as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Tony's chicken shop? Yum, yum. Yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> this is so rewarding for Wollongong listeners. Yes. <laughs> Both of you. Thank you. <laughs> Nonetheless... Tumbleweed are a great band external to the Wollongong love live they've always put on a great show they're a perpetual opening for another band band for me which is not to disparage them they just never made it as huge as they perhaps could have or maybe even should have this song it's terrific this is exactly why I enjoy seeing them when I do and then hearing them when I do the stoner guitar rock sound is crunchy as anything and it's so wonderful but then it's got really an an accomplished pop sensibility in the lyrics and the chorus it's relaxing and you can sing along to it it's wonderful that it's in the Hoss 100 but I can absolutely see why it's in the Hoss 100 because it is so Triple J 1994 I'm so glad it's yeah. here but yeah. God it should be here is the thing hell yeah dude yeah, this is the exact kind of song that you would have playing when you're on a beach and it's between a Spider-Man and a Regozi's had a song it's, 
Yes. It's, there's so much to love about it. The, the guitar tone is the star here. Let's not be it's just been raised. Oh, no, yeah. Let's, yeah. And just that riff. It's, like, so it's not It's not a riff riff. No, yeah. But it's it like, just does everything it needs to do. Yeah. It's classic stoner rock. But it's not like stoner rock in the way that the Melvins are. It's not too sludgy. It's still more yes. riff based. Yeah. It's more, it's, it still yeah. sounds like a song. It's closer it's, to Caius. It's, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, well, I mean, Caius is only two years ago in terms of like creating or really pioneering the genre of stoner rock. Mm. And I guess you can come at it from a couple of different ways because stoner rock is in that infancy. And I guess stoner rock, you could say, is a revivalist genre anyway because it's drawing upon so many influences from the 70s and from blues rock and from the early stages of metal. Yeah, well, I mean, is that like, a fair call? Yeah, well, to my ears, stoner rock is just an extrapolation of the Black Sabbathian style of yeah, metal. Exactly. It's, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like it's like NIB, but done for a genre. Yeah. yeah. It's like a whole album of NIB. Yeah. But I feel <laughs> like, Which is great. And I feel like some people in some stoner rock bands have come from like drawing upon other bands from like the early 90s, for example, but other bands who come from the stoner rock are drawing upon the original source material. Yeah. And I get that this is probably that case. There's something about the kind of retro vibe that they're getting across with it that it seems really authentic and whatever. And there's such a charisma in this track. Yeah. To me, I'm not as wild about it as you are. I'm pretty wild for Stoner Rock. I'm a massive Black Sabbath fan for a start, which if you are that, then you're probably going to be... You'll have some affinity. Exactly. But this, what it lacks in terms of its polish, like, for example, the vocals for me are a little bit kind of lackluster and whatever. But I think Um, I like that about it. Maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm fetishizing independent Australian artists, which is my want. Wollongong. And Wollongong. I'm trying to, like, really catch myself on this song and just not be like, do I want to love this more than I really do? Oh, it's not the world's greatest song. No, no. No, no, but no, it, one's, th- no one's saying it's so it. lovely. But like yeah. Tumbleweed are one of the first Wollongong bands I heard of. Like yeah. getting into music in Wollongong yeah. is just like, oh, guess what? Tumbleweed. Yeah. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, wow, Tumbleweed. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. And so like anytime it's Tumbleweed, I'm like, all right, no, I have to like whatever that rear distance it back is. a little, yeah. 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 But I I think what you said about the vocals having that pop sensibility is right and really mm. important mm. for mm. this song, for not just making it a kind of another bland guitar-y yeah. whatever like the yeah. lyrics aren't phenomenal but no, they're not no. meant to be and phenomenal the, and yeah. I even like the way that they fit the lyrics around the vocal melody is pretty off as well like conclusion like that's too many syllables man yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that doesn't fit but it's charming for those flaws I think like because it's so real and because like we were talking before about well, I was saying that like I didn't really like the sound of Def FX earlier on in the countdown because it's like, oh, it just sounds like your mate's bad band. <laughs> this sounds like your mate's well, that, good that band. that song was a piece of yeah. shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DJ Y, surely you're a Tumbleweed fan. Hell fuck yeah, dude. You don't grow out hair like this and not fucking listen to Tumbleweed. Oh, yeah, exactly. When you when you said we're going to get loud and we're going to get hairy, I'm like, yes, that is Tumbleweed. That, 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 <laughs> That's like, also oh, DJ Y. That is, that also, yeah, that is d- DJ Tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is one of the few examples of this style of music making the countdown, like, yeah. particularly at this point. It's in such odd company, you know, when you pair it up to, like, the other stuff going around. Even in the context of alternative rock, this is really different to the other stuff we're hearing, like, you know, your Black Crows and your Alice in mm. Chains and your Soundgarden. So much Soundgarden. Yeah, well, you, 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 what was, I guess, at the peak of what was popular alternative rock recently when we spoke about Blur yeah they couldn't be further apart yeah but they both fit into that ill-defined alt-rock category that being said they did tour this year with UMI yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. Oh, that would have been a fucking corker of a show. Yeah. And I think In 94, were... too. Mm. Oh, my God. Exactly. And so I feel like the voting audience who voted in the several UMI tracks that appear in the 1994 countdown might have also 
put Tumbleweed through as well. Also, you're talking about them not being so big, but they played the big day out five times in total. But I'm They're trying to disparage the weed. No, like, I, I know, yeah, but yeah. I was surprised. It's more yeah. kind of my astonishment at reading that fact. It's like, yeah. that's... That's a huge amount of times to they play were a music. Super festival. hardworking band. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. They're hardworking, and even today they still are hardworking. Yeah, yeah, acts. yeah. Um, last year, sadly, we uh, yes. lost their bassist mm. uh, Jake Hurley, mm-hmm. but uh, the band have uh, continued on in the wake of that, and uh, still playing shows around the place. And uh, I will never forget. I think it was 2009, and seeing them for the first time at Homebake, and just as we started this segment. A Wollongong chant started, and hey. everyone got involved, and it was one of the fucking best things ever. Because the entire front row was just gong fuckers, yeah. You know, like <laughs> you, you the wouldn't... old crusty dudes, so like that dude with the massive long dreads and yeah, shit. That like, you always oh, know that guy was there. Yeah. Oh, you know the guy. Yeah. I know the exact guy. I, yeah. I think the Music Farmers crew was there. Yeah, of you know, like all the like, and it was just packed, and we just fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. just fucking went for it. Oh, what a memory, man! It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think even external to the city, I think it makes sense. Tumbleweed are like, and not in the sense that just they have me from Wollongong. They are a Wollongong of bands. Mm. Like, yeah. they, like uh. they are not the hugest, but they do have a oddly suitable following. Yeah, I know. I'm comparing a. I'm saying a band is a city, like everybody does. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> a band is a city. But I do think that they Tumbleweed, even if they weren't from Wollongong, they would be Wollongong the band. Okay, so in this analogy, Sydney is rock music. Well, I think and- Sydney is UMI. Okay, that's very, very true. Make, makes sense for a number of reasons. Espe- yeah, especially when you listen to Early Daily. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. This feels very time capsule for me as well. Like, you're talking yeah. about how mm. it's kind of surprising that this is in here, but then also on another level, it's like, no, this always had to be yeah. in this countdown. But you would never hear anything like this get significant airplay. Even from 2000 onwards. Yeah, Even, even when even like, there was an alt-rock revival. I, yeah. It doesn't even sound particularly dated. It just sounds from another time. Yeah. When I first moved to Wollongong for uni or whatever, I lived with a bunch of musicians. In a crack house. It, well, <laughs> an ex-crack house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were, but everyone called it the crack house. <laughs> yeah, they did. And we did have a sink in the lounge room. <laughs> and yeah, an exit, you did. And an exit to the outside of the house in every room. There was a Directly behind a florist. Uh, yeah, who was not affiliated with drugs in any if, way. If, if, you, if you're looking for crack, you will not go. <laughs> yeah, please don't come there. We had enough problems like that. Huh? Uh, but, it, like, from those days, I was living with a bunch of musicians and I was going around to just gigs uh, locally in Wollongong and just, I don't know, something about listening to this song, even though I didn't ever go and see Tumbleweed live, I still got a real sense of that scene. That, yeah. You know, yeah, like sure. seeing your mate's band play and whatever. It's, it's such a wonderful thing to relive and it's a wonderful thing to be able to imbue within a song especially in a recorded song yeah and they did it and it's lovely as we've said that that's in the countdown hell that, yeah like, this feels like a good record of independent australian music at this point in time yeah which, which is really nice there's been a few of in the 1994 countdown and there still is to be a yeah. few of yet so i mean like props Next to song so yes well dave we've got a segue man <laughs> i think Here, we do here's to you tumbleweed <laughs> mm. all right boys drinks at the oxford drinks at the oxford <gasps> all right Always. let's go <laughs> Bang a gong. <laughs> Get it on. At number 49, this is Falling Joys with a remix of Amen. Divide, link, amplify. Spread the soul.
Joys at number 49 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with a remix of their song, Amen. Nathan? I feel like I'm going to be the odd one out here, but I kind of really like this. I nope. kind of really like you it do. too. Oh, oh, I, did it, I, did it, I didn't at the start. The no. first time I listened, I was like, nah. Yes. And I listened to it a few more. I was like, actually, maybe. And then I listened to the original unremixed version. And I went back to the remix again. And I was like, actually, yes. Very yes. Oh. So I, like, I looked for the original. And what I found, I think, was the original. But it, it's still beat-driven, yes? It's all live, though. Like, yeah, it's live yeah. drums. It just... So, Falling Joys were a Canberra band that did fairly well. They ended up moving to Sydney. Like everyone from Canberra. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But they never sort of broke through or whatever. In, in I think, 93, they got most popular independent act at the Australian Music Awards, for nice. what that's worth. So, they kind of, like, were a thing. Mm. I'd never heard of them before, but I was like, oh, this like this band have actually been around for quite a while and done some stuff. And apparently, they were real true indie, and they were part of, like, a group known as the Duckburg Group, which yeah, right. was all about getting together and publishing their own material and their in Sydney and whatever so like I what's guess what's the significance of the name Duckburg you know? well, Duckburg uh, this is the first time I've ever heard about them I don't know how, <laughs> how much you'd be able to find out yeah. the origins of the name Nathan, send your entries too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nathan you're in a group with a funny name give a context for Duckburg oh they probably like played a show at a duck Berg. place Berg. I, I don't know I don't know but yeah this is this is kind of nice like I think the original is fairly just straight up alt rock with some nice vocals or mm. whatever and like but I think the remix does some really nice things that aren't quite industrial or trip hop but I think there's a reference there there's yeah. an acknowledgement yeah. of that stuff happening like the beats particularly with those really lovely vocals in the chorus yeah. oh so and just good that chorus is whenever magic. the guitar licks come in Mm. Which like, only happens once. Yeah, yeah. Which is, is it only wow? It, like it's yeah, such right? a thing yeah. though. And I'm like, man, that feels like an industrial reference to me. Like yeah. there's just that tone with the beats. And I was like, yeah, I'm there. And there's also that other industrial sample that like really grinding industrial thing that comes through a little bit later on in the song. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what it reminded me of incredibly. And I've I've often mentioned my fondness for heavily sampled beats in a rock song. It's so 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 screamadelica. Promise screams masterpiece. Yeah. Um. It's very. It reminded me an awful lot of that. That might be yeah. why so I didn't like sure. this song. <laughs> let's, oh, let's, 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 let's hold the love in. And <laughs> spe- speaking of screamadelica and people who loathe Promise Scream, <laughs> Mr. David James, yeah. <laughs> Fuck those overrated junkie fucks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is a mess. I didn't enjoy this at all. It's so clunky and just thrown together. I found the beat annoying. I found the guitar like pointless. The only saving grace I found was the vocals, which were pleasant enough. In the same way that Penny Flanagan's vocals were pleasant <laughs> enough. Like, this is so dated, and I just... That's ugh. good. I like the datedness. It's time capsule again. In the um connotations of dated v. aged, this is aged more than it's dated, I think. It sounds older than it perhaps is. Yeah, Maybe, I think yeah. so. But I think it's, I I still think it's charming it. for that these yeah. days. Like, when you listen to it now. I'm down with this song. It was a grower, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah like, it was a grower. Yeah. The first, first time I was yeah, like, gl- I was with you. I'm glad I listened I, to it more than once. Yeah, by the end, I was like, actually, I think there's some stuff happening. Honestly, I, kind of I nice. can see it. If I was born 20 years earlier and, and I was out somewhere and this came on, I would get into it. Mm. I would definitely get my groove onto this. My I, thoughts this exactly. Has, yeah. 
Yeah. This to me sounds like a mashup of the two headless chickens songs that we talked about last year. <laughs> it's got like the thudding beat of, of the first one and the like the pleasant female vocals of the second one. And it just doesn't work. That so. second headless chickens was okay though. Yeah, it was that it got was most right. improved. Most improved player, yeah. I am I am very glad to have headless chickens referenced again though. Yeah. Google Everybody. alerts are gonna be going wild. Oh man. <laughs> I thought we'd never get talked about again on a podcast. That sucks. Right. Probably have their own podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hitler's Chuckins podcast. There's nothing world-defining about this song. No. But I, th- I enjoyed it. Now that we're in the um the top end of the podcast, the top half at least, it's fascinating seeing how these songs beat other songs, though. Mm. And what, mm. with the beauty of hindsight, it's bizarre to see tracks like this, and I guess any number of songs, beat songs like Park Life, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was but thinking also, that. I'm like, no fucking way did but that happen. if you're thinking about, like, Falling Joys were a very big independent act yeah. at the time, and yeah. then this is... I, I think this is a fairly interesting remix that... Yeah. is sort of engaging with some stuff outside of their own world of just sort of straight up Aussie old rock. And you have to think that it's so much harder to vote in the 1994 countdown. Yeah. So you have the to go pe- to a post office. And exactly. in 1994, there's only like five of them. Yeah, I know. It's it, Who? What? It's crazy. Mail's delivered by donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> People like donkeys. Demo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What was I saying? Donkeys. <laughs> it was, it was hard, hard, to vote. hard to vote. Yeah, it's harder to vote. So the reason that you vote has to be a little bit more pronounced, perhaps? Yeah. I'm spitballing here. But, like, there is more reason for you to go out of your way to vote for a band that you really want publicity for, that you care about, but maybe not everyone has heard. They probably had a street team. Exactly. Yeah. It's the 90s. Oh, they were an independent band. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. They, exactly. they played a lot of shows, like, all the time. Hey, they, guys, we've got a website. <laughs> yeah, we have a forum on our website. <laughs> yeah, just visit like, our BBS. <laughs> and I think it also communicates a a lot about the, again the playlisting of Triple J at that yeah. time what was in high rotation what they were pushing and the culture of the listenership and I think it's fascinating to compare that especially to nowadays which is definitely pushing more and more towards something more open involving more and more people and with a listenership that is more reflective of music generally and less specifically yes that is yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah well for more information uh, visit www.fallingjoys.biz <laughs> uh, Give also, him a hit. <laughs> or failing that, uh, geocities.com slash <laughs> just falling joys. Just homestead.org slash, <laughs> slash, slash pages slash home slash falling J. <laughs> or if you want to be naughty, just get him off Kazaa. Oh. <laughs> if you had 12 hours to kill to hear a couple of tunes. <laughs> if you want to hear the song on an, en- on an endless loop, go to uh, ytmnd.com <laughs> slash amen remix. <laughs> Alright, the mass has ended. Go in peace. And number 48, this is Counting Crows with Mr. Jones.
48 in the 1994 Hottest 100. That was Mr. Jones, the song that you know the Counting Crows for. Or the Journey Mitchell cover. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. of course. Vanessa Carlton. Vanessa <laughs> Carlton. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and uh, Accidentally in Love from the Shrek 2 soundtrack. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Shrek 2, get Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shrek harder. Two Shreks to connect. <laughs> Check yourself before you Shrek <laughs> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get. Oh, Mr. Jurtz, we meet again. I don't even know where to begin with this. This is, it's a Power of Fem song. It's Dave Bade. It's, in my opinion, uh, a fucking start to finish fucking perfect song. I love this song. I love August and everything after. It is a classic and no one appreciates it as a fucking classic. Is like that, That's the album? Yeah, right. the album that this and round here and the... Spoiler alert. Next song that we're going to be talking about, oh. all feature on. Oh. That was yeah. the audience then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ruined it. No, that, Sorry, guys. That's a live audience we have here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, while we're here, I should mention Adam Jurett's killed Dumbledore. Um, yeah. Just, oh, oh. What do you like about this song, David? <laughs> I love the fact that Adam Jurits can sell ice to Eskimos. He has such conviction in his fucking voice. In terms of old rock, you know, you were getting a lot of a lot of dudes that sounded just like, you know, the well thing happened today and you know, kind of unhappy about it or whatever. In a year of not caring, he cares a lot. Yeah. Precisely. Faith no more style. <laughs> lots and lots and lots of caring. Growing up, I used to love this song. You know, so used to get played at um, any like family get together or whatever. You know, just be on the stereo because we all had August and everything after. You know, if you lived in the suburbs, you issued it. <laughs> 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 and then later on, like when you started listening, to- oh. hello, it's yes, Adam, Adam we are talking about you. <laughs> Yes, I'll pick up a new wig. Can you pay me back? Oh, all right. Okay, love you too. Some very niche Counting Crows <laughs> jokes <Yeah>. in that. <laughs> you asking about his Tinder life. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder how he's going with that. Actually, no, I don't. I don't want to know about that at it's all. Fine. There it's are things fine. I don't want to know. That's one of them. <laughs> I think in one. this song, the, um, the Bob Dylan reference is really important stylistically. Um, he sort of, I think, towards I want to be song, Bob Dylan. He, he yeah. says, "I want to be Bob Dylan." I think the way that the lyrics are telling the story and and just engaging with people is is quite Bob Dylan. Even though I originally thought um, Paul Simon first when I was listening to it, and it's just like, oh, really? Just musically in the way that the lyrics are sort of jumping around the chord structure. Yeah, okay, there's, there's, I can there is a bit that. of Graceland on but, it. Yeah, 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 yeah just a bit yeah, of Graceland. Okay. Like it's just that sort of me kind of meandering. But very colourful storytelling, very person-person kind of thing. Stylistically, I'd also compare it to a band we talked about not too long ago, Gin Blossoms. Yeah. In the fact that there's a lot of pain and a lot of frustration in this song. But it comes across as very, like, because there's a lot of major chords. Yeah, it's it's just a beautiful pop song. Like, foot-tapping song. And then you just hear a lot of just fucked up shit in this song you're just like oh god mm-hmm. damn mm-hmm. it's like when you hear semi charmed life mm-hmm. for, and, and read the lyrics, lyrics you're just yeah. like oh oh god yeah. i was just here for the doo doo doos things have taken a turn yeah. not, not here for the fucking facials and crystal meth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my review of this song is this is the song mr jones by counting crows it is exactly what it is and it's obviously not I'm this obviously is your never, crash test dummies <laughs> yeah it's never gonna I'm, not, I'm obviously never gonna be the hugest fan of it but listening to it and then thinking about triple j got me thinking that this represents that kind of not necessarily the purest example of it but it certainly represents that kind of line that triple j treads because triple j is never actually alternative there's nothing anti about triple j 
they've been fetishized to be presented as that. They're more just a voice of the youth, which is like more explicitly what they were designed to be, a youth radio station. They've been fetishized into alternative culture because they're not Triple M, for instance, or mm. Nova or whatever. But this song is Triple M and this song is Nova. Mm. It's incredibly popular and it's played on those kind what, of stations. What, was it really at the time? Though? No, like, exactly. Yeah. No, not at the time, perhaps. I wouldn't yeah. know. But it, it would have like really kicked now. in. Like Brendan McLean, who's a friend of mine, a Sydney performer, tweeted a few years ago, the Hottest 100 is basically a spoiler alert for anyone who's going to be listening to commercial radio in the next six months. But that was Triple J's kicker for a while. They said, what you'll hear on Nova in six months. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that, that that's basically what happened. Yeah, I think that. this is a really good example of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that this song is so heartfelt and genuine, and like the guitar, and like it's endearingly dorky kind of thing. It, it's all these things. <laughs> I that, think that's kind of gross in a nutshell. Yeah. It made sense to a Triple J audience at the time, but in the, in the same way that so did Jet. They were huge. And now, like, both of those bands are, are as pop as they come. Like, you'd hear them on pop stations and, like, you would hear them on a construction site blaring from Triple M speakers kind of thing. Yeah, but, but like, Counting makes... Crows are still fucking here. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 oh, I, Suck I, shit, Jet. I prefer Crows to Jet. Don't get me wrong here. But <laughs> Jet, Jet yes. and still beams. There's something about this song that represents that exact kind of moment of... It represents that Triple J are not alternative, but they rep- speak to the youth. And then when the youth grow up and they grow out of Triple J, and when that's on Triple M, and they're like, oh, I remember that song when I was younger. That's this song, I think. It's not alternative in the slightest. It's a pop song. It's pure pop. Yeah. But the fact, the fact that it's not done by producers of Katy Perry makes it Triple J friendly for some reason. It just got me thinking in this kind of, I guess, spiraling kind of notion of what it constitutes Triple J's audience of pop v alternative v youth. Mm. Yeah. Adam just described this as your crash test dummies. Uh, you were terrified of talking about Crash Test Dummies. Mm. Are you terrified about talking about Counter Crows? Not if I preface it with this. David, I love you. Okay? I, I love you, you too. I, oh, really want you to, I really want you to hear that and understand it oh, before I go on. Oh, that floor's looking mighty tempting <laughs> right Don't about get on now. the floor, man. I want you to stay here. And I also want you to remember that we have one more Counting Crows song to talk about. That's true. We All do. Right? But, oh my God, I can't do this. David, I, you this need to hold my hand. fucking song, man. You okay? You okay? I'm here. It's always been this for me as well. I think we got off to a really bad start. I heard this played in commercial radio when I was way, way too young to understand any of these feels. And it's so, so different to everything you hear on commercial radio, even now. Like, it sticks out. And it didn't stick out in a good way. So I got off to a wrong start. And ever since then, the whole thing just makes me cringe. As soon as the guitar starts, I just concave. It's just like the sha-la-las, the ooh-wah-wah, doo-wop fucking vocals in the background from the girls. But most of all, just the voice and persona that he embodies in this song is so very washed up. And the whole song just draws attention to itself like the drunken uncle at the family reunion. You just sit there and you go like, oh man, stop. Come on, man. You just washed up. Stare at the beautiful women. Nah. <laughs> and look, and look, okay. And I will say like the national are one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I love white middle-aged men having feelings, but not like this. Oh God, not like this. It's I can't handle it. It just I just it, it causes me Don't so get much cringy pain to listen to this song. It's hard to come to this song objectively. I think. Oh, yeah. def- just be yeah. like we all heard it a very long time ago, and like you know we we've all had very different experiences with this song. Listening to it, I was like. I can't tell if I like this more than I think I should or if I hate this because I think that it's, it's overplayed or something. Yeah. In the end, I think I come to the conclusion that I think it's a very well-written pop song with some decent lyrics that are very well-delivered. It's a well-written pop song, but it's 
absolutely just not for me. Yeah. Like, but it's, it it's, doesn't make everyone else just cringe into a singularity? No more so than any other middle-of-the-road guitar pop song that's always been there. Yeah. Which is what this song is to me. Like, I understand that. I, I get where I, you're coming I can, from. I can yeah, see okay. that. I can see that reaction. Yeah. Um, and, and The beautiful think- Wiman is... Oh, like, God, man. Yeah. Just like, and I just want to be funky. It's just like, do you know what I mean? It's just like your dorky uncle and he just needs to get it together. Like, I can't feel sorry for him. I just, he's pathetic in this track. (laughs) Come back, Dave. I said I love you, man. That's why I did the preface, dude. I'm not coming back until we stop talking about Counting Crows. I gave you a preface. All right. There's another song. That's fine. Let me At number 47, it's Counting Crows with Einstein on the beach. For an eggman. That's why we need you, Dave. That was Einstein on the Beach by Counting Crows. Coming in at number 47 in the 1994 Hottest 100. Okay, may I? I think I've got some ground to cover Please, here. please. I fucking love this song. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It kind of doesn't make oh, sense. Shit. No, I, it, dude, this to me is not even a Counting Crows song. It sounds so different to every other Counting Crows song I've ever heard and what I associate Counting Crows with being. Like, Counting Crows to me... Mr. Jones, and even when I heard round here, I was like, that kind of makes sense. This is a completely new side to Counting Crows. And to me, when I first heard this, and you'll like this, Dave, I actually thought it resembled uh, fun and the format and anything that uh, Mr. Ruiz was part of more than Counting Crows. It's bright, and his vocal delivery is just so good. When he goes hard and sings, uh, cracks his head wide open or whatever, like, I'm just like, the actual reaction I have to this song is I want to perform it. I want to sing it. As soon as I hear him singing that, I, I get the feeling in my throat and in my chest and I'm just kind of like, I would love to sing this song. I've been binging on this song since I heard it. I could not be more polar, in my opinions, huh. between the two Counting Crow songs. It's absolute revulsion to absolute adoration. Huh. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. What is Counting Crow? <laughs> Whiplash. Right? How? I think this is actually a worse song than Mr. Jones. Me I, too. I, I, Me didn't, too. I didn't. Whoa. I didn't get into it. No. It's telling that one of those two songs has endured, and <laughs> like I've never heard one of those songs before. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, this is a hidden gem. Really, I, this is fascinating. The gem. I wish it had more to do with the Philip Glass opera than just the name, or to do with Einstein yeah, in general. Yeah. Well, no, he's in there everywhere. It's wonderful. No, no. The whole but but not, in any, not in any meaningful content way. Only in the way that. This is like, oh, I have an image of Einstein of the beach. No, I'm no, going to no. write a song about No, the whole song is about Einstein doing all this amazing, you know, breakthroughs in science that eventually led to be created in the atom bomb. There's so many atom bomb references. Second sun coming down, shadows being thrown against the wall. To me, ama- to me, it's exactly the kind of 
Like when someone in like a creative or artistic field talks about something from science and they have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Like when someone from like a creative discipline, Schrodinger's cat, my bugbear of a lifetime, (laughs) (laughs) whenever anybody creative talks about Schrodinger's cat. All he's saying is that the theory of relativity was instrumental in the creation of an A-bomb. I guarantee he can't explain the theory to me. No, but does he need to? Because that's generally accepted fact. Yeah, it's also just, I read somewhere that that relativity was related to the A-bomb. Yeah, that must have, yeah, science, man's human. <laughs> Are you demanding that everyone has an in-depth knowledge? No, but, uh, no not at all. I'm, but if you're going to make a criticism, I'm demanding that you understand. It's not a criticism, you- though. It's just artistically kind of exploring the idea that you can create something like, yeah. well-meaning for the benefit of mankind that, and it that, can be that, turned against you. That's what Relativity versus the A-bomb really well, is. Well, that's largely why I... Her. Like, that's the thing. I think it's very telling that the song isn't called Oppenheimer on the beach. Yeah. But Einstein on the beach is, you know, it's a it's a reference. It's yeah, a- I know. But look, I, whatever. I'm not going to get too deep into this criticism because I'll get too mad at, at, <laughs> at, at the creative fields that I also inhabit. So it's annoying, but whatever. Anyway, this song itself is okay. I definitely prefer Mr. Jones. And I didn't go wild for that. But this, this song, it didn't really hit the same pop notes that I, even the earlier Canning Crow songs did for me. I think this is probably the weakest Crow song that we were talking about. So I just far. don't know what it's doing. Yeah. Like, to me, it feels really messy and, like, nothing is achieving anything. It's delivering an amazing chorus hook. Oh, I didn't like the chorus. Like, no. Is David, go- is David to going to weigh it. in or is he holding off till we're done oh, with the chorus? Because now he's got, like, do you side with Adam who just stabbed you in the back? Or but do is now, you go against the Counting Crows? But I now am my own sovereign yeah. nation, thank you. And I don't owe allegiances to anyone. I can stab songs and uphold other songs as much as I damn well please. But you're with me on this one, right? Dave? Deej? First of all, fuck you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> for Mr. Jones? Yes. Right. But what about his love for this song? It's great. Which is pure. As the great cause once put it, you are forgiven, but not forgotten. Hey. I will remember okay. this shit. Good. That's the in brackets for that song. Forgiven, yeah. not forgotten. I will remember this shit. <laughs> this is the first ever case in the history of the Hottest 100 where an artist has had two songs back to back. Seriously, though, August and everything fucking after. It's fucking start to finish amazing. Well, I'll be skipping Mr. Jones. But <laughs> oh, skipping to through this you know what? song. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, probably. No, Mr. Jones is great. This is great. Round here is great. That's my favourite. There's just something about this band that struck the right chord with me at the right time. It's probably the same reason I fucking love Matchbox 20. Yeah, Nathan, don't you judge me for liking this song, mate. You just tap in your chest when Dave mentions Matchbox 20. Whatever, man. They're a great. That was a great first album. I'm just <laughs> Mad Season's fucking great too. It's all right. It's great. More than you think you are is not so uh, great. You know, they they peaked in North the start. is shit. But yeah. But w- what is it about this song then that? Particularly that you think works. It's got a great energy to it. It's uh, I love the melody and I love the chorus. Um, like I said, I find the conviction in Adam Juritz's voice just... A lot of people find it annoying, but I've always just found it really endearing. Just... In this song, it works. I say that. I think it doesn't work in this song, but it works in Mr. Jones. Okay. I don't but it doesn't it... work in Round Here. See, I'm all the way for Round Here. That's my favourite Counting Crows song. Nah. I spent like an hour the other day going through every version of it on YouTube, like 10, 15 minute versions with alternate lyrics for all of them, including one where he just goes into a completely different song by Ryan Adams. It's great. (laughs) It's so good. What? Yeah. Does he do one where he goes into La Bamba? (laughs) Like a really slowed down version. La (laughs) Bamba. Sure. Why not? Uh, Who let the dogs out? (laughs) Just transitions into any song you can think of at the top of his head. 
I also found websites dedicated to all of the alternate lyrics that Adam Jewett has ever sung on stage. So you can go through like 20 different versions of Round Here and all, all the lyrics are there. This is why like, I apologise before I say anything bad about the band, Dave. I, I, I can count some crows, but <laughs> there's only... I'm this, not going to count all of them. Yeah, I'm not counting 20. <laughs> you oh, get no. to 19, you're like, well, see you later, everyone. That's no, me. I'm out. On that note, I have to share this with you guys. It's a account called Counting Crows. It's a picture of Adam Juritz. First tweet, one crow. Oh, God. Two crows. Yes. I follow that account. (laughs) And he skipped the number at one point and start again. Had to start again. You've seen it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, my favorite, it's it's three successions of tweets. It's 86 crows. Oh, my God, you guys. I just witnessed a murder. 113 crows. (laughs) (laughs) I want to pull you up, Adam, on the whole, like, Einstein relativity thing like yeah. I, I, I was like I'm just gonna quickly check because I don't want to be the person that we're complaining about yes. keeping in mind I didn't write the song no no, no I know no. I know but like uh, wrong Adam relativity to <laughs> relativity to atomic bomb is such a tenuous link and like all it is is that like Einstein put forward hey everyone this is what I think the relationship between mass and energy is that then like decades later led to certain experiments by other scientists that then paved the way to the atomic bomb. Well, like I hope Adam. Ju- I hope Adam Juritz is listening. Well, he's probably not because he doesn't care about this, and that's the problem. The only link is that like it's one person that did it, and it's like that's fine. You can still talk about that if you want, but like talking about it in in a causality way is just absolute. That terrible creatives engaging with pop science in a really like ham-fisted way that is all just like. Einstein, hey, he did this amazing thing that I bet you couldn't understand. Like, yeah. you, you would not be able to explain to me what E equals MC squared means. means. So, like, don't write a song about it and don't say what you think its effects are. I just think if you start applying that level of criticism to songs, you're only doing an injustice to your own pleasure and engaging really? with the songs. Yeah, I really do. I just think that's like... But what is the value to... in writing a song about... What is the value in criticising a song like that? Because, well, so you're, so you're because it's a song propagating that was... bad science ideas. No, it's not. It's a pop song. It's not propagating anything. How, how do people engage with Einstein? Do they it's read his artistic... papers or no. do they listen to art that responds to Einstein? Well, I would say that if you're responding to this as an engagement to Einstein, you're not doing it right. This is an engagement with Counting Crows and it's an engagement with pop music. It's, it references Einstein as image and Einstein's That's what I said image. and then no. you said no. I said this engages with Einstein as an image and yeah. you were like, no, it's so in-depth well, because no. it talks about no, relativity no, 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 no. in the atomic I didn't, I didn't mean it well, as being in-depth. Like... The causality is also an image. That's what I mean. Okay. Einstein's an image. The idea is an image. It's all idea. It's just I think idea we can do better. Metaphor and I think yeah, we can do like, better. I don't like, think we need to. But do it's better. like the ICP song with miracles, where he says that I was you hoping can't, someone was going to bring that, that up. Because you, you like saying you can't explain magnets. Like, <laughs> is that the level of like? Do you, do you have a problem with that? Because I have a fucking problem with that. <laughs> well, that, that's why it became a meme. And no, I but think that's the thing. Rightly, people called him out on that. And I think I think it's different. Like, no, it's not. It's exactly the same. It isn't. It's just a bunch of guys saying they don't know how magnets work. Those particular gentlemen in that song. Don't know how magnets They're work. saying you can't explain it. <laughs> yes, that's, I can. That's, that's funny though. It's just you, 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 Google how magnets work. you know what? This is almost exactly the same as fucking Neil Young. It's just like <laughs> let the song be the song. Yeah. You just be dumb. The the voice in the song doesn't have to bear one hundred percent accuracy. You can write songs as dumb people. Doesn't mean the people who are writing the songs are dumb. No, I'm not saying that he's. No, he's putting on a character of an idiot. No, he's not you even can do that. that. I just think like. 
There is a pleasure to be gained by being intellectual and there's a pleasure to be gained of suspending that. Okay, I'm not against that. Yeah. But I don't get any pleasure from the suspension in this song. It's the exact same thing as the more you know about a subject and then you see that depicted in art, the less enjoyable it is. If you know a lot about space exploration, you hate seeing space films because they're all factually inaccurate. If you had an in-depth level of expertise about, say, the workings of the human body in relation to health and fitness, which I know you have some understanding of, but if you had an in-depth knowledge of that and then you saw in a film somebody doing something, then you were like, that's not how you get a heaps fit body if you just... If you saw somebody eating chips and then going for a run and then they had a six pack you'd be like that's not how it works I'd probably you'd find be- that really funny yeah but if it, if it wasn't meant to be though I probably still would but that, that's the thing because you're laughing at how dumb it is yeah. and, and how that isn't the way the world works yeah but and it's, that's but what, it's art and so that, it's okay no but that's the thing though it's just art because art isn't the way the world works it should be representing no good art no it doesn't have to be it's, it, it's all form some things do. I will agree that some things do. Some things do have to be... I don't, I, and they I benefit have... from being a true representation. But no, no like, but you know what I'm saying here? Like, the more you know about a subject, I mean, you see that subject depicted in something, I and mean, then when that subject cuts corners, it's like when you watch fucking Armageddon and you're like, that's not the best way to destroy the comet, dude. Like, <laughs> isn't it easier to train astronauts how to use a drill than it is to train drillers how to but fly it's like in space? if it was a movie about fitness where someone yeah. did that and yeah. everyone was like, oh man, that's so cool that he did that. You'd have a problem with that, I think. I'd probably have a problem with the fan base more than I would the actual art piece. You know what I mean? I'd have a problem with people's interpretation. I'd say, no, your reading of, of that is wrong. That, your reading of that being scientifically accurate is wrong. But the film itself is just the film. It's just what it is. Okay, but then to bring it back to Einstein on the beach, I just don't get anything from that Einstein story. Because it's not true. Yeah, sure. and just like what they're going for is just this like overly kind of sentimental thing that it's just Can like... crows? No, really? no, no, but just like... No, I get you. Why do that if it's not based on anything interesting? You could do that about... Anything. It's worth bringing in here that Adam Juritz has actually gone on record about this song, saying, yeah, he was playing with a couple of ideas, but really it's just a kind of goofy thing that he wrote. There you go. He wasn't taking any of it very yes, seriously. Yes, of course. Yes, obviously. So, uh, that, I, think, I think that's more obvious than anything else in the song. And another interesting fact about the whole thing is uh, the song, when it caught on, it really bothered Adam Juritz that it became popular. Um, did he, it? Yeah, it really, I mean, really obviously did. it's here, but I just, like, I've never heard this song before. He's on record saying that he wanted to avoid a Hootie and the Blowfish situation uh, where the songs got played so much that the listeners actively got turned off him. So he refused to make a video for another track that he did called Ranking. I don't know whether you know that one, Dave. Apparently he doesn't have a video because he wanted a cutback promotion and a whole bunch of other promotion for the album. Huh. Fascinating uh, that um, Hootie and the Blowfish was his trope codifier for that. Probably very relevant at the time. <laughs> like Hootie and the Blowfish. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Burn! <laughs> Hootie hoo! 19 crows. <laughs> 20 crows. Number 46, it's Soundgarden! This is my wave.
gun at number 46 again uh, with my wave. Mac, I can I can just I can just smell it. I can smell how keen you are to no. talk about Soundgarden again. <laughs> no, you're smelling something else. And I'm, I do apologise. Is, um, is, is that Teen Spirit? Maybe. Yeah. I rank this Soundgarden out of ten. This is another. <laughs> this is another Soundgarden song. It is technically. Good rating. Good it is rating. technically well made. These are good riffs. There is a crunchy bass line, and there are damn vocals, and a damn good beat. But. Like, I'm sure that is... Are you reading from, like, an Amazon review or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they ranked it Soundgarden out of five there. <laughs> it's a different scale. <laughs> but yes, this is exactly, like, it doesn't impress me or do a thing to make me feel anything beyond apathy. It just just go back to last week's episode and make a DIY Andrew's comments about Soundgarden <laughs> if you like. How many semi-octaves shall it be up this time? Don't, I don't know, but I it should be in 7, know. 8 or something. But that you should make yeah. a big point about not realising it until after you wrote the song. I think you'll find it's in 5-4. <laughs> oh, this one? Yes, yeah. this one. Oh, Alright, cool. Sidebar, there are few funnier things in the world that I've ever seen than watching Bogans try to mosh in 5-4. <laughs> Soundgarden and Tool. Yes. Both. Oh, I so think, much though, fun. This song does a really good job, particularly in the verses, of making that 5-4 beat really, really accessible. I think, yeah. like, that riff, like, it just, it works. It doesn't at all feel like it's a weird tempo or anything like that. Like, I think it's it really d- solid. I think it does initially, when you before Cornell's vocal comes in. When his, vo- his vocals yeah. just make it. You're he like, does, oh, this just feels like... It does a lot to lock it's, it it's down. It's very hooky. Yeah, The way exactly. he sings around that beat. I don't mind it. Um, I also hey. don't really mind the chorus. I think like mm. there's some nice layered guitars happening that it's just a bit different to the other sound gardens it we've is, visited. Yeah. I thought the Which verse is... and the chorus was like disjointed. Like when I first heard this album like ages and ages ago. But yeah, that's particularly kind of grown on me. Yeah. To me, the entire song is about the verses and the chorus is there as a breather to facilitate more verse. I can I can get on board with that. It's okay. no Spoonman. No, it's not as fun <laughs> as Spoonman. No. But I, I really do think like the verses are pretty impressive. I I love the way he sings around the tempo and it, it just, it works, I think. Cool. That means I don't have to do as much heavy lifting with my yeah. praise of this yeah, song. You really don't. Um, How do you find this song? <laughs> this is the Soundgarden. I like the Soundgarden. <laughs> that's, that's basic. The whole yeah. Soundgarden? I what, am ham. <laughs> what I will say is that we've encountered a lot of Soundgarden songs in this countdown so far, but... A lot of rock bands, you listen to them and go like, yep, that's the same band. They're just playing a different riff now. I don't get that feeling with the Soundgarden songs that we've encountered. Like, I really get that You get feeling, that feeling? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was wondering how I much. Because I don't know. For me, like, each of their songs really does communicate an entirely different feeling. And the, the sounds that they're playing with are different. The mood's different. The, the ideas. I I think there's a lot of variety in the songs that we've looked at for Soundgarden thus far. Dave, do you? what do you think? I think... Because uh, the... you're a massive Super Unknown fan. Yeah, like, it's a fucking great record, man. When you go through that phase as a teenager, when you go through the whole Born Too Late phase, and you start discovering all the old school shit, all the like, bands that broke up like a few years before you got into music. Yeah, just like, oh man, part of the wrong generation, man. Was this, was this, was this yours? 100%, man. Nice. Nirvana, Soundgarden, all that kind of shit. You know, I got into that like 12, 13-ish. I was even deeper in the wrong generation. Of course, my wrong generation was the 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I, I, well, I, that I, came I, later when dad bought me Paranoid. 
Oh, oh nice. game over. And then once I heard fucking the Stooges, and then I heard pet sounds, and I heard rumors, and I heard all these fucking classics. And I was just like, oh. Well, when man. should you have been born then? Because they're <laughs> they're all vastly different now. You, of all time, when, yeah, when, yeah. When, when you're right now, now in like, the era of digital access to music, <laughs> yeah. born too late to explore the oceans, born too soon to explore the stars, born at the right time to amass the sum of every piece of art ever made in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> like, you know how, like, people are just like, you're as old as you feel? Yeah. I feel about 49. <laughs> so I would have, like, had an appreciation of, like, 60s and 70s yeah. stuff. Like, not really been there, so to speak, but, like, pe- would have been right peaking for the 90s, mm. you know, been in a been in a state of, quote-unquote, adulthood. Yes. Dad JY. Yeah, I, um, Dad JY. Yeah, I think... So, yeah, I feel yeah. about 49. I'm a 49-year-old that still gets to go out to shows because I never married. <laughs> didn't have kids and everyone's like but oh, all my friends did, did. all my not, friends did so I just go to shows by myself shows. now I sit up the back yeah yeah just, Bobby, just Bobby around, around the mixing desk got um $300 ear- earplugs in <laughs> oh great just chat, yeah, chat to the mixer just none along <laughs> oh yeah what gear he's using <laughs> yeah but you like this song yeah man and we have one more Soundgarden song to talk about. So Ooh, and four it's a Soundgarden songs. It's a biggie. Were, were they... Uh, 4% of the hottest 100 is Soundgarden. Were they, were, were they highest percentage of this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this more than any other band. So this hottest 100 is 96% Soundgarden free. <laughs> Darn it. Didn't Counting Crows give it their best <laughs> shot? <laughs> hey, Counting Crows got three. So yeah. they have a second. Yeah, exactly. Second comes right after first, as we all know. Um, Okay, I'm just checking the multiple entries. Uh, We've talked about six artists that have had double entries, and uh, several of those uh, still have entries to come. There are four artists that uh, have double entries in this countdown that Mm. we have not yet talked about. Wow, double top ends. Yeah, yeah, right up there. So uh, some fucking jams to come up, actually. We're all pretty pumped about this <laughs> this end of the pod, uh, end of the countdown. The top right? end. Oh, from here on, like, it gets ridiculous. Oh, we're the second half goals. is all the we stuff that we know. Goals. As opposed yeah. to like, what is this crazy yeah. song? Yeah, so, what the fuck so is this please shit? continue listening. <laughs> it means an awful lot. You're gonna hear a lot of love. <laughs> There's like, some great songs coming up. Yeah, you want to hear people get really excited about songs they love. This is the podcast for you from here on out. <laughs> and a little bit more Soundgarden too. <laughs> coming back on Triple M. Spoon man, spoon man, spoon man. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. Thanks for having a cheeky stream or a download or however you experience pod doggies. Securing it on Kazar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank GeoCities for uh, hosting, hosting us. us. Yeah. Greatly yeah. appreciated. <laughs> FBIRadio.com is uh, the website in which you can find all about the radio and a station. a real website. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's real a one. It's, it's, it's totes, still runs. It's totes my goats for real. Before we get out of here, we're going to talk about our favourites and our least favourites. My favourite was Mr. Jones. Because of course it was, and fuck you guys. And my least favorite was the Amen remix by Falling Joys. Because of course it of was, course and it was. fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was on board with Mr. Jones at least. Okay, is that your favorite track? No, no way. What was your favorite track? Um, I guess Tumbleweed and Einstein for my least favorite. I mean, I'm in the exact same boat here. This was a relatively low scoring event, though. Overall, I think I enjoyed Tumbleweed's Daddy Long Legs more than you did, but nonetheless, I do think this was a a five-track EP that I would not purchase. (laughs) 
It's a weird EP. It's so strange. <laughs> like most episodes, really. My favourite is Counting Crows. My least favourite is Counting Crows. <laughs> I'm sure you can figure it out. And also, fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't get to say that very often, but like... Because you're too fucking nice. That's your I problem. I don't actually... I don't know how I feel about loving that song as much as I do now, especially because... Because these two made you feel like a piece of shit for it. Hey, now I'm sorry. God damn. You don't lay down and take that, Dave. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, it's been a pleasure. On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald, good night. And on behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher, cheers, mates. My name's David James Young. Keep music crowy. Toodle pip. That's as loud as it'll go. Yeah. All right. Loud. That's our secret word of the day. Which episode is that? Lisa does something. Lisa's got some shit going on. Really? I think so.